Welcome to Try Not to Blink, a podcast about the ups and downs, ins and outs, news, tips, and tricks of those who live the optometry lifestyle. We'd like to thank the amazing people at Valley Contacts who have made this podcast possible. Of course, they're makers of stellar gas permeable lenses and the oh-so-incredible custom-stable scleral lens. In case you're wondering, my name's Dr. James Diem. I'm on the East Coast, and I'm joined by... The reppin of the West Coast, the best, Dr. Roya Habibi, out in Seattle. What's up? <laughs> How are you? <laughs> happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Best Canadian Thanksgiving for all you people that are so confused. Yeah, that's right. Today, the 14th of October is the sacred day of Canadian Thanksgiving. Love it. And for those who are confused, I want to give you a little history lesson real quick. The Thanksgiving holiday tradition in Canada actually dates back to when English explorers, i.e. Martin Froschbischer, Froschbischer, <laughs> came upon the beautiful land of Canada while they were searching Canadian. for the northern passage to the Orient. Hmm. <laughs> FYI, and it falls on the second Monday in October every year. It happens to fall on the same day as Canadian or American Columbus Day, um, and obviously you guys know that it, our our Thanksgiving is later on. But maybe because in Canada harvest comes sooner, so perhaps that's why they celebrate it earlier. Either way, perhaps. Happy Thanksgiving! Tell your Canadian yeah. colleagues, give them a little thanks. Love it. So five hundo bones. You heard it right, peeps. We are offering a sweet five hundred dollar gift card, which gets you listen up. One third of an iPhone eleven Pro Max. <laughs> one one thousandth of the remainder of your student loans. One hundred tall Starbucks drinks or even a little weekend getaway with your loved one. All thanks to our amazing sponsors at Valley contacts they support this wonderful podcast and what we do so please support them all you have to do is listen to the secret word in this episode and then head over to valleycontacts.com slash tn the number two b that's valleycontacts.com slash tn two b to reveal a special promo code so listen for the secret word go to the website you'll get a promo code every time you place a lens order with valley contacts use that promo code and you'll be entered to win the winner will be announced at the end of the month and there's no limit to the number of times you can be entered so be sure to use it every time we'll be giving out a new special secret word and a new promo code every week so make sure you tune in to stay up to date and get your uh, chances in to win 500 bones cha-ching <laughs> is finally available I don't even believe it is this real you told life? me it was available. I no, got it is. Excited. It is. I've actually prescribed it already, so it's real. Uh, and have you got the prior auth? And they they send I've, you a message back out. saying well, can't listen, order it. There's a whole new. There's a whole new innovative uh, way that they're doing. You know the whole pay thing. So prior auth, all that kind of stuff. It'll probably be a nightmare for forever. So don't even What's don't new? even go that route. So now they have the whole. Uh, independent pharmacy and you pay basically cash to this pharmacy and, and that's how it works. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. they have a special formulation of cyclosporin and it delivers the medication with this advanced technology called N-cell and es essentially it helps increase the ocular penetration. Yeah. So, cool. Excited. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, we'll we'll be reporting back on that whether it's worth it or not. Usually, we like to spice things up and do this later on, but I want to give everyone the secret word, which is turkey. Because Jimmy's a turkey. There you go. Go on. Tell tell the folks the rest they want to hear of. Well, um, had I told you about this at all yet? This little I don't know. 
No. This is a little uh, on-the-go continuing education platform called Giblib. So Giblib is a really cool little new uh, CME audio session. Uh, I've listened to it now several times on diabetes and hypertension. Um, there's stuff on there and everything you can possibly imagine. So I'm going to be filling you in on this as we go here, but a very, very interesting, uh, neat little thing you could subscribe to and learn about anything there is in, in the medical world. So that's number one. And then number two, uh, another podcast that I recently started listening to is called The Dropout. Have you heard of The Dropout? No. Tell me about so it. So we've talked about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos yeah. <laughs> on here 300 times. Yes. Um, there's actually a podcast on the whole Theranos drama um, brought to you by ABC. They did a piece on it. And oh, it was wait. Aired on TV. One of my high school... A girl I went to high school actually was in like part of production for this. Get out. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Taylor Dunn. Yeah. So it's, up, it's, girl? it's really well done and it's, it's really entertaining, easy to listen to. And it gets into more detail because the piece on TV was, you know, like an hour long. So this is, you know, I don't know how many, how many, uh, episodes it is i think i'm on six right now and each one's you know 45 minutes long and they have a lot of you know um, interviews and some of the testimony from elizabeth holmes and sunny um her lover slash business partner it's just unbelievable how that happened and you know so anyway it's just it's kind of interesting it's called a dropout i'll link it yeah so uh something else that we've talked about uh, quite a bit and I think is very topical with, you know, the evolution of um, scope of practice in optometry throughout, you know, the United States and just glaucoma care for so many different reasons is SLT. Whenever I give a glaucoma talk and I am, you know, in a crowd, one of the first things I ask uh, the crowd is, number one, what is your number one go-to go -to glaucoma drop? undoubtedly large percentages latanoprost absolutely and then i go around the room and i say well, what would you want if i if i said you had glaucoma what would you want and so you know some pick branded you know medicines and you know definitely a few will say slt and i just always find that very interesting i think it's an enlightening you know exercise for everyone in the crowd because it just makes you think a little bit differently. Well, how do you treat others and how do you treat yourself? So really a uh, good study uh, that has been done and now there's been several post hoc analyses is the laser and glaucoma and ocular hypertension trial or light trial. The light trial really has brought forth a ton of really good evidence as it relates to uh, the treatment of patients who have um, open angle glaucoma or ocular hypertension with SLT as a first line treatment. Um, and so there was recently a uh, uh, publish of some post-hoc analyses that basically uh, said that uh, selective laser trabeculoplasty is a safe procedure um, prior to topical treatments and can render subsequent SLT ineffective if a patient actually has had prior treatment. So, you know, what they actually found out is the patients that had previous uh, treatment with medical therapy showed that those patients had uh, lower efficacy with SLT. So patients who had SLT first did better with SLT than patients who had uh, glaucoma treatment with medicine first and then had SLT. So, you know, what this said was, you know, if, if patients who present, um, you know, think that they would like SLT, that that's, that's actually more beneficial than, than Do it first. waiting until yeah, later. Lots of other things from the light study, and I'll, I'll bring them up at other times, but just really, really interesting. It's made me think about it a lot more um, and, and earlier. I am so excited to introduce our esteemed guest this evening. Um, literally no other Canadian optometrist would uh, answer our calls. So we thought of somebody. You know, who... dial one first, you know. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who would? And that's probably why, because I wasn't dialing the correct number. And so, um, very good friend of mine and uh, colleague from the a- our AOSA days, uh, Dr. Mark Kowal. So, Mark is in uh, private practice right now up in, in Canada. I don't know where, so he's going to expand on that for us just a little bit. That's not true. I do know where, but, but, uh, just go back in history a little bit. He did graduate, um, from, from optometry school. So yeah, he's a legitimate. Did. Yeah. They, they, did, they did allow me to graduate. So right. Pretty cool. and, and you went to SCCO. Yeah. Cause he could not get into the single. Yeah. Canadian. <laughs> And I, and, and I couldn't get into Salas either. So, you know, oh, you guys, you guys are so, este- so esteemed there. So. Oh, no. But SCCO, wonderful school. And I do believe that was where he wanted to go. Uh, but you undergrad, where did where did you go to undergrad, Mark? Uh, just uh, in Edmonton, Alberta. So uh, that's the university there, the University of Alberta. Wonderful. So and I spent what did you... four, four and a half lovely years there. Nice. And, you know, I was doing a little research on you because, I, you know, we were closer friends in... in yeah, we haven't DM'd for a while, so... <laughs> That's right. And so what I did learn about you was that during your studies, you developed a vast knowledge mm. and a keen interest mm-hmm. in the detection, treatment, and management of glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy, macular degeneration, <laughs> cataracts. Don't, don't, don't we all? Don't we all? The keen interest. The the, the keen interest was really like I think the tipping point. (laughs) I love it. That's wonderful. Um, So before joining Prairie Vision, uh, you practiced in Pinoca. Yeah. So I worked. um, Yeah. Go ahead. So I first came out when I came out of school in 2013. I joined a practice in Pinoca, which is like about an hour south of Edmonton, so kind of the main city in Alberta. And what then, does that uh, mean? What does that even mean? How many people live there? In Pinoca or Edmonton? Yeah. Pinoca. Pinoca. Pinoca is a little like, you know, Midwest, I would say equivalent town, about 7,000 people. Okay. Big, it's big, a good big, size. Big, yeah. Big, uh, big farming base around there. Okay. Beautiful. And uh, kind of along the main, you know, the main corridor in Alberta. So okay. kind of where all the big traffic is. So yeah, a little community there. Uh, we went there in 2013, my wife and I, and... She worked at the hospital. I worked at the um, optometry clinic there for a little while, five what years, yeah, four or five years there. And then that group there had actually five practices in kind of central Alberta. So I would, you know, drive across the prairies every day to a different clinic <laughs> or one of their clinics. So, Is that right? Cool. Yeah. Very, very good. So, so you started out there and then what, what changed? What happened? Um, when I started there, I was, so I was there four days a week and then I had Mondays and Saturdays off. And when I graduated school, I had a friend of a friend who was an optician who had his line on buying a clinic in Edmonton and he needed an optometrist. So we kind of partnered up and we started, we bought this optical right by the university uh, in Edmonton and I would go work there Mondays, Saturdays, and then some evenings as well on Thursdays. And that kind of just was like a little side hustle, but it turned into a pretty serious thing. And after a couple of years, that became kind of my main, more my focus. And so I started going there a bit more and then hired an associate to work for me there while I was still working in Pinoca. And yeah, I just figured that was a really good option. Then let's see how that all happened. I'm getting old. I have a bad memory. So it's a bad Yeah, I can tell. Man, what's um, going on with you? So then a couple, two years ago, I decided I wanted to move back to my, or put a practice in my hometown. So my hometown's about an hour, the opposite direction of Pinoca in, in small town, Alberta. So I left the Pinoca practice and opened up practice cold in uh, my hometown in Tofield, which is a town of 2000 people in, uh, in Alberta. So I opened that up in, uh, 2017. Two years, congrats. Two years, yeah. So we, we survived. Just had, just had our two-year, uh, I guess, anniversary party, uh, frame sale, barbecue deal. So nice. That, that was pretty fun. But yeah, what kind of food whole, did you eat? Uh, Alberta beef. Elk. You know, Alberta beef, <laughs> Elk. Canadian bacon, Canadian bacon, blue. yeah. Syrup. 
you know, hey. potato chips and all that good stuff, soda pop or pop. Ketchup you know. chips. Ketchup chips, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, all the good stuff. Nice. Um, but yeah, I opened that clinic and that was kind of always the thought. So I did that. And then basically between nowadays, I'm basically half my time is spent in Edmonton at Varsity Optical. The other half is in Tofield at the clinic there. And then I do work a little bit. You mentioned uh, Prairie Vision. That was just a friend of a friend who needed some coverage. When I first opened Tofield, I wasn't very busy. So I'd go work for her one or two days a week. And then now I basically cut back from that. And now I'm just solely at Varsity and Tofield. So fantastic. So not an uncommon uh, course of events for optometrists practicing anywhere, you know, in the United States or in Canada. And so, you know, we want to we want to bridge the divide. We want to to, you know, sow some oats of North America great again. Yes. Yes. (laughs) We want to make North America great again. I love it. That's beautiful. Um, We try to stay apolitical on the show. I'm sorry. Sorry. Thank you for refraining from any further political commentary. Um, No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, you know, we do want to get to know you a little bit closer. Mm-hmm. This is something we, we do with all of our guests. And since I know you're an avid listener, you probably already mm-hmm. know all of these questions. Um, absolutely. So we're going to jump right in and ask, are you boxers or briefs? I'd say boxers. Depends on the day though, really, you know? No, I don't know. No, okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Fair enough. If you could only choose one topping to ever eat on your pizza ever again. Oh, Canadian bacon for sure. Canadian. Seriously, or are you just playing into the, you know? Um, no, I, I meat. It has to be a meat. I, I, I'd throw bacon, pepperoni and bacon on there for sure, probably. All right. Would you, like, are you a Hawaiian pizza kind of guy? Mm, Good. Good choice. Not as, not as much as, like, my wife or other people are, mm. so... Good. Your favorite fruit. Favorite fruit. Not on Ooh. pizza, just to eat. Yeah. And, um, it's a tough one. I think a banana is a solid fruit. You know, it's uh, versatile. You can place. have it every day. It's just, you know, it's Not easy. Not messy. Good call. Not messy. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, exactly. Yeah. Passing is important. Uh, <laughs> I can eat it in my car easily while I'm driving across, the, you know, the prairies. The prairies. The prairies. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, favorite beer. Favorite beer. Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot. Of, of beer none of that pale none of that weak stuff you guys have in america but rainier it's probably your choice. Uh, yeah <laughs> you know my my one good friend from uh montana he was a big fan of kokanee gold which is a canadian beer and i'd say i'd say kokanee is uh probably one of my favorite okay classic canadian beers so would you rather are you a, a ski bunny or a beach bum Whew. um as I get older, definitely more of a beach bum. Yeah. But I, 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 I do like skiing, though. I'm a big fan of the, you okay. know, hitting the open, the open slopes. I've heard that so. the skiing in Alberta is great. Uh, it depends on where you go and when you go True. and how cold you want to be. Okay. So, your, be go to, your go-to spherical soft contact lens. Hmm. My go-to spherical daily or monthly or? A daily That's daily. totally up to you. But your choice. Uh, uh, probably a total one. Okay. My, my, my and your your go to scleral contact lens, mind you, this show. Is oh yeah, Valley, Valley for sure. Valley <laughs> yeah. yeah, Valley all the way. <laughs> awesome. Good answer. Okay. We can continue. All the show. of our listeners have to answer this question, mm-hmm. and we feel it embodies your true representation of yourself. So, okay. what animal would be your spirit animal? Describes oh. your personality <clears throat> through its actions. Or thoughts? Um, I would say the, uh, we'll go with a good grizzly bear, you know? It <laughs> uh, <laughs> doesn't exist. All right, good. A good grizzly bear. Yeah. A good grizzly bear. <laughs> I, I, said, good I feel like I can give you one, like a honey badger. <laughs> honey badger, yeah. Okay. You're wild. You can't give yeah. him one. Yeah. He yeah. gets to say a them. grizzly yeah, bear yeah. is wild too. Yeah, that's my thing. You know, they're, they're they're quiet, but then when they need to, you know, get wild, they'll get wild. So yeah, all right, I'm all right. with you. Yeah. Okay, I, I like that. You see, you see where I'm, I'm throwing that? Yeah, I do. I appreciate I do. that. Okay. Right, cool. Good. All right. So we do believe that you have some really valuable information for us and our listeners. And because our second biggest, uh, actually our third biggest audience behind um, Guyana is uh, <laughs> Canada. 
So it's the United States, Guyana, and then uh-huh. Canada. What's um, Guyana? I'm just kidding. Okay. I don't know. I just pulled that out. Oh, of okay. It's Canada. No one listens to us from Guyana. But, <laughs> is that um, a country? Should I yes, know it this? is. Are you kidding me? <laughs> now somebody's going to send us hate mail from Guyana because I didn't see them on the that. list of countries. Seriously, anyway. though, 4%, which sounds yeah. small, but huge percent. So I think it's like 85% of our listeners are from the U.S. Mm-hmm. What up, U.S.? But... Four percent of our listeners, which is our next biggest category, is Canada. Which is which is that's tens big. of people. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> actually hundreds at least. Yeah. To to classify. Well, that's cool. Our our that's intern Cindy's from Canada. Oh, no so obviously, that makes two of you. Yeah. <laughs> but, maybe maybe Shalou listens once in a while. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Shalou. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Probably not. She's probably too busy. Too busy, probably. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so. We want to know a little bit more about practice. So we both mm-hmm. are looking at mm-hmm. eyeballs. We're both, you know, mm-hmm. optometrists, we're doctors of optometry. Um, so first of all, to become a doctor of optometry in Canada mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. the U.S., is there a mm-hmm. different process? Let us know. No, it's it's pretty much the same. Uh, most, I would say over half, especially in Alberta now, over half the optometrists in uh, in Alberta have graduated from or are graduating from the U.S., Okay. So basically, you come back, and the biggest difference would be to rate the Canadian boards now. To write it, so you to have to the, like. There, there's a separate board, so it's like the so, MBEO. So right? you but write it down. You write yeah, you the write Canadian it. board. Right. Right. Take write. Oh yeah, a boat. <laughs> yeah, you go about this place over there. Eh? Um, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't catch that until now. I forgot <laughs> all my, you know, Canadian. All these things we love to when I, when harass I left, you. you know, yeah, when I left, so. All right, good. So you write the Canadian boards, which means you took the test. You take yeah. them, yeah. Did Although you take... some, some provinces, sorry, some provinces allow the NBEO. Really? Well. Yeah. Which ones so, do, you, do you happen to know? Um, so I know BC did and might, might still do. And then the big thing that recently happened is that supposedly Ontario is going to allow it as well, which is the biggest province in Canada. So it'll Is be, that controversial? It is. It has been. And I, I mean, I try to stay out of the I try to be, you know, Neutral. I'm like kind of like Sweden, right? Just you know. You have no opinion on that. This is something um, we would be totally no. okay with you getting political about because it means literally nothing to us. So okay. go ahead. Right. Give um, us the I, I, skinny. I, I don't know what the my thought on it, of it is. I think it definitely makes. I think the biggest concern that people have is the Canadian boards become almost irrelevant at that point. Right. If if right. The, if the if the Ontario accepts the NBEO and right now I believe BC does as well. So. Did, I have a question. Um, Did you take the NBEO? Yeah. So, and obviously, and I passed you, all. I passed all. Three which parts. one's harder? Yeah. Which yeah. one's harder? Um, the Canadian one. Ooh. But the only reason it was harder I've heard is, that from other people is, too. is because some of the questions are more confusing. Mm. It's it's probably um, just was a harder like and just I mean I think being from the coming from a U.S. school you they prepare you and you learn things a little bit differently right sure I mean a lot of it's the same but just how you go about a, a something or a question is, is different so I think it was harder to study for and harder to just take but I, I passed them all so whoop, whoop. cool okay but you yeah. did not you didn't you did need it you needed it to practice where you practice yeah but so I I what I did. So I ended up, um, I didn't know if I was going to pass, right? So I came back, had a job lined up, didn't know if I was going to pass the boards. You know, I'm always like thinking, you know, the worst case scenario. So I'm going to, you know. True pessimist. Double check and triple check. So I went and wrote um, the BC law exam. So I knew I passed MBO. So I could have, what you can do is you can get licensed in in a province and then you can transfer to another province. So in theory, if a student wanted to, that was going to, you know, one of the schools in the U.S. could, I believe they can still, you know, go get licensed in B.C. or even Ontario now, taking the NBO and then transfer to one of the other great provinces in, in Alberta or there's, territories. There's reciprocity amongst all of the provinces? I believe it's like a, it's like a Canadian. I don't. This is where I don't quite know. I never had to look into it that much. But I believe it's like a it's like a trade rule among in like a federal trade rule across. We're gonna have Cindy fact check you. So yeah. Don't worry. Please do. Yeah. So but I actually, don't know, but I, I know like there's been docs who have taken it in BC, then they'll transfer to Alberta without too much 
problem. For all of our listeners in the United States who don't know, and me, how many provinces are there? There's a few. I don't even know, actually, Jimmy. Probably ah! nine or ten. Seventeen. Some big one up in the and north. what about, yeah. like, all the land up above the provinces? What is that? That's the territories. I so like how they just there... don't even give it a name. It's like the oh. territories. What well, the... there's the Northwest Territories. <laughs> then there's the Yukon. No, is that part of Canada, technically? Yeah. Seriously, I'm mm-hmm. not even kidding. No, it is. It and is. There, and then there's, you guys have that little sliver of Alaska up there. You just took that little piece from us, you know? Yeah, it's all yeah, the gold. So. It's, no. like the, it's like the um, Croatia of the North Americas. Yeah. just, like, claim all the good stuff. <laughs> what, um... So I'm serious. Can you practice? Do you know of anybody that practices optometry in the, in those areas, like in the territories? Are there towns up there? I know it's yeah. very ignorant for me to say these things, but I really don't know. Is that yeah? No, so there's um, practices in towns. Like there's a pretty significant town in the Northwest Territories. Okay, called Yellowknife, which is like has like a legit hospital. Yellowknife. And, okay, that's and, I like, think yeah. unlike Ice Road Truckers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Some of right? those guys, my, some, some of those guys are my patients. Seriously? Well, well, one guy said he was and showed me a picture. And I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. Cool. But yeah, it's like, <laughs> you're famous. Uh, Tell yeah. me, I have then, a then question. I got his autograph, Real yeah, question. So, when you're deciding to apply for school, some mm-hmm. of our listeners are students or soon to be mm-hmm. students that are interested mm-hmm. in learning about school. Like, I think about this for some of my friends that are Canadian. Mm-hmm. What's it like when you apply for a U.S. school in getting loans like can you apply for what loans do you apply for How yeah does that so work? um basically it doesn't it wouldn't matter if you were applying for a canadian the school so there's two schools in canada right there's the waterloo school and there's the french school so if i was to apply there or to apply to one of the u.s schools i can use the same loans either way it doesn't matter the canadian government will provide you with so much loans and then you're so nice would, yeah they're so nice so great um, and then usually you get like a line of credit or something like that from your bank and the banks will provide you with like a professional student line of credit. And that is pretty easy to get. You basically just get that. Usually you get your parents or someone to sign, to co-sign on it. Cause you know, it's usually, you know, 250 odd thousand. And then, you know, right now too, with the Canadian dollar being, yeah. Less less than, than the US dollar. It, you know, it costs more for a Canadian to go down to to school. So that I mean that, that's a huge, I think, a huge disadvantage for anybody who's down there now. I was lucky when I was in school, it was part of the whole time. Like I basically paid across the board, the dollar was the same. So I didn't have to worry about the exchange rate at all. Um, but if you go now, I think you're paying you know, when I go down to the US, you're paying like a buck. 30, it's almost 30% really? different. Yeah. yeah. Buck 34, buck 35 on your credit card to, to buy something. So really? Yeah. So that, I mean that you, you, what, so tuition is now, what, I don't know how much tuition is anymore. 30, 40, 50,000 at a school. You yeah. flip that into Canadian dollars. That adds up real quick. Yeah. So huh. that's crazy. But your, your competition, I mean, unless you know French, you basically have one option in Canada. Yeah, you, that is correct. So you have the one option. And there's always been talk of another school coming out west in either Alberta or BC, but it's just never um, come to fruition. And I don't know, it's been talked about for years and years, I guess I've, I've heard. And it was brought up a couple of years ago in Alberta, and then it just kind of always falls by the wayside. The white so, whale. We'll never find it. Yeah. How about scope of practice? So you're trained in the US and now mm-hmm. you're going back to Canada to practice. Mm-hmm. What differences are there? Um, it'll depend there on the province you're in. So um, we're really lucky in Alberta to have probably the highest or one of the highest scopes in Canada. Um, recently, Ontario passed a law that I think they have very similar uh, scope as us, but we can basically do most of what we learned in school, I would say, and prescribe any oral medication or topical, whatever we need to as needed. Um, are there any limitations that, like, when you're reviewing the laws, you're like, what? This sucks. Um, there was, like, some provinces have, like, a co-management law with glaucoma. So you have to be, like, co-managing with an ophthalmologist, right? Yeah. So depends on who that person is or what province. But some of the ophthalmologists are fine if you just send them, like, a picture of the nerve and their pressures. And they'll be like, you know, sure, do what you want to do. Some ophthalmologists are good like that, some aren't. So yeah. you just need to, 
I mean, luckily now we that, that has been that changed our law actually when I graduated in 13. We we had to do co-management and then in the fall of 2014 or early 2015 it changed where we had full scope. We can bring, um, treat glaucoma as we as we see fit now. Oh, so, that's great. Which has been nice. And, and then at that point too, we could also prescribe orals. Before that we couldn't prescribe orals. Oh wow. Just topical. So that's been a huge a was super nice. Pardon me? Is there a formulary like um you know, like, is it a list of medicines that you can prescribe or is it like no. anything that comes out, like you can do it? Anything that comes out that's related to the eye. So. Okay. Now tell me about approval um, mm-hmm. for medicine. So, you know, for instance, you know, we got just got Ropressa and Rockland. Yeah. And is that we're usually We're usually behind on those. You're usually behind. Uh, like, like, like we just got, um, Zy- you guys have Zydra, right? Mm-hmm. Right. We just got Zydra back, um, I believe this, like in early January this year. Wow. Yeah. It's been out yeah. like a couple of years. Yeah. In the US and like even like Lodamax gel and stuff like that. You guys have that a while ago. We just got that, I don't know, a little while ago, but okay. any of the new glaucoma meds, those aren't here yet. Visalta. No. Rocklatan, Ropressa. None of those are here yet. Wait. So Squaw. the, <laughs> so the, <laughs> um, so the medications go through slower but we have the fda obviously what does canada have it is the ADA. i don't even know what to call it actually <laughs> health canada sorry it's called, it's called health 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 canada sorry okay. I'm, I'm not very i'm not a very informed optometrist i just yeah no I, I i really thought we were getting something more yeah come on i just sit in my room and spin dials all day so, you know. <laughs> no you're good so yeah, the more that we do so that's enough yeah um Okay, so it usually takes longer. That's interesting. But do you have some that. interesting drops? Like you, we have a drop. I don't think you guys have. Yes, any tell US us head. about what you have that we don't have. I, I think. Um, you guys ever heard of Duotrav? Yes. I you guys have that in the U.S.? No. I didn't no. hear about it. Tell me. So Duotrav is like latanoprost and a beta blocker mm. in in a combo, which always blew my mind when I first like, but wait a second, don't you like uh, have to give one in the morning and one at night? And I was like, it, it, my brain exploded when I first found out this was in Canada. So, uh, so what but do now, you prescribe it? Honestly, I, whenever the patient decides, like I'll, I'll get some off from um, some glaucoma guys say they do it in the morning. Some guys will do it at night. And they honestly, they say, yeah, as long as they get in their eye, I'm like, oh, okay. okay. So, so it's a, once a day dosed? Yeah, once a day. Interesting. I know. It still blows my mind. Actually, yeah. one thing that Canada has, or well, I guess another thing that they have that we mm-hmm. don't is my site. One thing. Go ahead. What's what's my site? My uh, site is um, the daily disposable. Oh yeah, uh, Cooper Vision one. Yep, Cooper Vision. It's a, uh, a myopia control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you guys don't have that. Distance centered. Right? Yep. Nope. Not yet. Wow. I know. Do you use it? Who me? No. <laughs> You're not even capitalizing on it. I know. I've, uh, can you tell us about it at all? No. <laughs> okay. I just I'm, did. You Everything with, you need with, to know. With the nearest uh, Cooper Vision rep, if you want to talk with them, I can hook you up. But <laughs> yeah. we, we do also, you guys have the, uh, I know recently, I remember when I first came out, there was the, who else? Topcon had the Maestro. Yes. Isn't that the Maestro? So that was in Canada yeah. long before it was in uh, the US too. Okay. So like the combo OCT uh, yeah. camera there. So I want to get to something that, is highly discussed right and this is i was joking around joking around about politics Mm -hmm. and political stuff Mm -hmm. and you know my simple mind thinks about politics maybe differently than 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 most and, and probably get flamed and lambasted for for this but certainly you know, socialized medicine mm-hmm. is like this big bad oh, yeah. wolf in the United States. You know, we just don't take our insurance or our guns and, hey, you know, we'll, we'll all be very happy people, America. America. Um, so, you know, I mean, but, but we do have socialized medicine. We have mm-hmm. Medicare, right? So Medicare is a form of socialized medicine. We have Medicaid. Um, and so there's been changes, obviously, in the last couple of years with the expansion of the Affordable Care Act and, and then, you know, all the different changes that have happened during the current Can you guys even keep up with all the stuff that's going on or how does that even work? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough and it's ever-changing. And so we're, we're facing another um, 
presidential election, and certainly right. there is a lot of discussion with you know some of the candidates on uh, the Democratic side about um, you know uh, Medicare for all type thing. Mm-hmm. So you know, oftentimes what happens when this br- gets brought up, Canada gets brought yeah. into the yeah. discussion, and the number one thing that that you know often is is said about that is well, kind of two things. Number one, you're gonna wait. You're going to mm-hmm. wait for every little thing. You're not going to be able to get what you want. And mm-hmm. then number two, your taxes are going to go sky high. So right. c- can you speak to that a little bit? I mean. Yeah, sure. Um, Unbiased so like, opinion. When, when, I mean, you're when I was in, in school, right? I mean, obviously you're in school and you, you're in like third year, fourth year, you do rotations. And then you try to learn, Terrible. understand who has what insurance and whatnot, right? And I found that whole side of it is, is super complicated, right? And, and frustrating. So, I mean, in Canada, I guess having a single payer for certain things is simpler, right? I mean, you have one payer, you come in. So I have a patient comes in, say I have buddy comes in. I get a call tonight, buddy got something in his eye. Wait, do you have somebody, like, is that a normal, like, Canadian name, buddy? Buddy. Uh, I got a few buddies. Uh, <laughs> don't, don't, don't you know, eh? So I got this guy, but he, um, okay, so say someone comes in with a, a red eye, Right. I don't have to worry about it's always what insurance predictable. they have. You I don't have to worry know. about what their copay is, what their deductible, all that nonsense. Yeah, it's so you you basically know that okay, they're coming in. They have Alberta Healthcare. They you can bill Alberta Healthcare for this, and you're going to get this. Yada yada yada. So, is it is it good? That, I mean, are you happy with that? Is that I don't know. It's, I, I, I think it's the same ballpark. Code? What do you like get paid ICD. on a red eye? A medical visit? on a red eye. About 60. Okay. Are there codes? Yeah. There is codes. We have to use... Uh, Smoke signals? Caribou, reindeer, moose, um, <laughs> and, and poutine. Stop. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Don't forget that. Get we actually are still using ICD-9 codes, which is pretty sweet. Seriously? So, yeah, that's great. Why? Why not? Are you serious? All I hear They're is ICD-10 tone, tones are, 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 are next level. They are next level. Oh, okay. Canadians are like, yeah, should we know. switch? We use ICD-9, we'll but yeah, they're, they're great. Um, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, um, so the, yeah, I'm pretty sure ICD-9 is across all healthcare in Alberta and I think Canada for it doesn't matter what practitioner you are. But What about procedural codes? Like, do you have so, exam levels or? So, so that's where, yeah, so there's good and bad to having it uh, that way. So if I have a kid come in, for an eye exam. So in Alberta, and it can vary from province to province, but in Alberta, if a person is under 19 and over 65, the okay. government will pay for their eye exam or allow you to bill for their eye exam. How many times a year? Okay. okay. How many times a year? Um, you can do what if two you're the full eye exams and a bunch of medical visits if you want. Okay. Okay. So just depends on what's going on. So then in between, so in Alberta... Um, you have to have your private insurance. So you would you would um, have your insurance through your employer, through Blue Cross, through whomever it might be, that they would either um, cover your health care or, or they wouldn't. So, And this is where the whole universal health care thing is different for optometry. Um, so if, oh. if, you were, if you or I came in or if you were, we went in for an eye exam, you would pay, say it's 100 bucks for an eye exam, you would pay that. You would use your insurance through work or you'd pay cash and whatever you do or pay bitcoin or canadian loonies and toonies it doesn't really matter how you pay it but you you would have to pay it um and it's that set amount there's no um there's no vision plans in canada amen to that yeah so there's no like we don't have a vsp and imed nothing like that at this point there's always been rumblings of that happening so but does anyone pay for, like, everything is paid for out of pocket for contacts and glasses then, or do they pay for that? Yes. So it's paid, but it, sometimes the insurance. So an example, say if you're a nurse in Alberta and you're part of the um, nurses union, you get coverage for eye exam every year, and then you get $600 towards glasses or contacts every two years. Mm. What if they, somebody- can use, they, they can use that however they see fit. They can use it for glasses, contacts, sunglasses, whatever it might be, as long as it's prescription. What if somebody's in their 30s and uh-huh. they have dry eye? Uh-huh. 
and you want to treat them for dry eye because in our world it's like right. everything it's medical or it's vision right. and right. so so like so in that case dry eye or say they're diabetic or they have some, they'd be a, a medical you'd build a government for medical vision. even if they're in the middle ages yeah yeah so you can you can still build them for that so that, they still have medical insurance between yeah. those middle ages everyone yeah. does yeah so you're so, saying that the so thing if, that, say you and I went on a we went to our you know 50k ultra marathon Sunday of AAO right like what you would do normally yeah and I and, and I threw my back out and I need right. to go to the hospital Clearly. and we're in we're in Canada right and I was going to the hospital they would look at my health care card and they would do what they need to do to, to, to treat me or fix me they wouldn't there wouldn't be a bill that I have to pay they I, wouldn't say wait uh, you need to just wait because we're yeah. busy no well they it'd be busy <laughs> But they wouldn't like, you know, need to know my insurance. I wouldn't have to pick a hospital. I would just go to the nearest place and get treated. So just to clarify, what I'm understanding mm-hmm. is basically if you go with any medical issue, no matter your age, mm-hmm. things will get taken mm-hmm. care of. Mm-hmm. But between the ages of, I think you said 17 to 65 or something like that, if you have a true vision exam, what the U.S. calls a vision exam or a routine yeah. exam, that you'd pay for out of pocket. Right. Which your insurance might cover it. Got it. But... I think back in the early nineteen, like early nineteen nineties, in Alberta, the government did cover eye exams for everybody. So even an eye exam for a person thirty three, forty five, whatever, was covered. But they delisted that in like the middle or early. I could be wrong on exactly, but I know it was at one point. But now it's no longer. Is there any difference in billing if you're an ophthalmologist versus an optometrist yes, for these? So tell me about that. And I don't know the exact differences. We, um, I just know they can bill differently and, and get reimbursed more for certain things, same which code? I know in the U.S. is actually illegal, right? Well, I guess there, the difference... There is still some differences, yeah. The difference... We actually, I think sorry, in the ahead. U.S., sorry, the difference too is every office can charge whatever they want, but the comp, like the Medicare right. is paying the same. They don't care. Right. So my ophthalmology partners I work with, we all, whatever for this code, our whole mm-hmm. company has to abide by the same price for each code. Right. But you're saying two neighboring offices will get paid different amounts from the same government. No. Oh. Well, if, so if they're an ophthalmologist versus an optometrist. Yeah. But, but not if you're two optometrists. It's just a, so our association negotiates the fees, the reimbursement we get mm. from the government of Alberta. Huh. Tricky. And so, and then the medical association, the, they'll reimburse the fees they get for, for their procedures and whatnot. So, so, and is it, is this different wildly amongst the um, provinces or? It, it can differ. Yeah. So like in Alberta, you can, so for a senior eye exam and a dilation, we can bill about 130 some dollars for an exam in bc that might be 80 might be 70 in saskatchewan and Manitoba might be more or less than that so it just depends so yeah it's very like in that respect it's very much provincial regulated and there's no i think there's no real cohesiveness across the provinces well on that same topic what is the general rule and you know i'm not talking about the he said, she said stuff, but mm-hmm. generally what's the relationship between ophthalmology and optometry in Canada? I'd say it's pretty good. It's, um, I think obviously getting better too, um, you know, as optometry and ophthalmology, I think respect each other for what they're meant to do. Yeah. A lot of the ophthalmologists we work with now, they respect us and they won't take our patients. Although some still will, which is kind of annoying. You'll send a patient in for, maybe a cataract and then they're diabetic. And then of course the ophthalmologist keeps them for the regular, you know, diabetic checks, which kind of drives you crazy. So then you stop referring to that ophthalmologist, but it's a pretty easy fix. But most of the ophthalmologists I work with are pretty good and they're not going to, um, they're going to see our patients and see them for what we want them to. And that's about it. And so I know, so there is talk of Alberta um, going for a scope expansion Hmm. and getting lasers and things really? like that. Yeah. So we actually had the uh, boys from Oklahoma up. Um, they, did a, that, a week, they did a course with us. Um, well, they did kind of a 
back in June. So there's a hundred of us okay. from yeah. of the Alberta ODs that were at, at this course. And so um, we're hopefully going to go for it and, you know, scope expansion here in Alberta and hopefully be one of the first and the first in Canada to have that kind of scope. So it sounds like Alberta is maybe the most progressive of the provinces. Is that an th- accurate statement? Yeah, for sure. I think in optometry, we've been really lucky. We've got, I think we were one of the first provinces to pass uh, therapeutics back in like 96 or 97. And then um, even our billing and stuff, like we can bill for OCTs and we can bill for fundus photos, where some provinces you can't. You make the patient pay for really? an OCT or a fundus wow. photo. Yeah. Wow. So, um, but yeah, so the whole universal healthcare thing with optometry is, is very. It's, it depends on the, on honestly, the province, like really? by the, I'm by the university, um, the U of A in Edmonton and some of our, our students that are, you know, living close will come in for a, a, they have a, a red iron infection. And because they're from Saskatchewan or BC, we can't bill their healthcare. So we gotta make, oh. we, 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 we make them pay for the visit. Yeah. So yeah, it, I mean the universal healthcare um, in optometry, there it, it doesn't affect. It's not as I mean I don't know. Universal. It's different. It yeah, it's not as universal. Yeah. Exactly, that's a okay. good one. But so, what about as a Canadian? Mm-hmm. As a Canadian, mm-hmm. as a God bless human Canada. person <laughs> uh-huh. who has a human being. Alberta care. Uh-huh. Alberta care. Yeah, I like that. That's good. I'm gonna Alberta, whatever. Care. Uh, no, Alberta care. It's perfect. It's exactly is that what it's what it called? Is. Alberta healthcare. Sure. Alberta healthcare. Uh, Alberta care. Um, what do you think of it? Do you think it's, I mean, I know it's what you know, but yeah. knowing how it is in the United States versus there, because I mean, I think a lot of people think it's your taxes are crazy high. You're going to yeah. wait times. You can't pick your doctor, blah, blah, blah. Is any of that true to you? Um, yes and no. So okay. like what's, what's your guys typical wait time right now for if you have a patient who needs cataract surgery, what's, well, how long are they going to wait? A week. Yeah. A week for cataract surgery. Sometimes. Yeah. Depending on what doctor. Yeah. Could be. Cool. Sometimes it's right a away. month or two. That's pretty month. awesome. We're, we're lucky if they're going to get it done by April or May next year. What? Yeah. <laughs> what the- Seriously? Yeah. So don't drive in Canada because oh, all the old people God. can't see. Okay? Now, why do you think that is? Just, it's just so that, so that, that's where the bottleneck is, is that it, um, there's just not enough OR time. And the surgeons don't have the, the resources to do the surgeries. There's probably like some surgeons should just, you know, sit in the surgery and just do surgery all day, but they don't have the, the hospital time or the OR time to do it. Huh. Well, so, now, so can, can they have their that, own surgery centers? Is that allowed? They, so they, they, they can't. And Why? so it's just universal healthcare. We, you know, we pride ourselves, Canada prides itself on universal healthcare and even, so it's more of a provincial thing, but that is, um, Alberta had an election, a provincial election back in May, and that's been something that's been talked about um, is bringing in private health care and allowing people to, you know, pay for these services. But then the whole debate goes, well, if they're going to pay, they're, you know, you're going to take all the good doctors from the social side and it's going to just be. So I, I, the debate can go either way. Huh. I don't think there's really a good, a good answer. That's a good point. Um, wow. I know, like, for a good example, I think, of universal health where it's beneficial is if someone has, you know, a terminal disease, they have cancer or they're, you know, they're, they're not well, um, and they need to be seen right away, they will be seen right away and usually treated pretty quick. So, like, I mean, if they need, you know, if they have breast cancer and they right. need treatment or they need to get a mastectomy, they're going to get treated pretty quick for those things. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's such a... As a young, healthy adult... Yeah, you've lived in both places. What would you pick? U.S. Um, healthcare, Canadian healthcare. <laughs> and is know. there a difference as a doctor versus I mean, a, a patient? Yeah, I mean, there, there's pros and cons either way. Like first I, impression, I mean, patient perspective, and doctor pers- like you as a patient and you as a doctor. Just give me off the cuff. What's your preference? I, I think as a young person, if you're healthy. I don't know. I would almost sooner be in in Canada because then you don't have to pay. Like you guys still are you guys still paying for healthcare insurance? Like you, you Jimmy and, and Roy, you guys still pay for your insurance. You have to you yeah. have all this cost involved, right? Like yeah. I, I 
saw some things saying that, you know, healthcare costs the average family, what is it, a small car a year or something like that. Oh, like, definitely. I mean, it's things, so, I mean, you, you can look at what, I mean, yeah, we pay more in tax, but how much of that is directly related to, to those costs? I mean, healthcare is the biggest budget item for any government probably in North America, I would say. And I know Alberta's budget is government, uh, their biggest budget is healthcare. So it's, it's an issue and I don't know what the best solution is. Yeah. Um, hmm. I think as a healthy person, yeah, I think either is fine. What about need it. as a doctor, which one do you think is better? U.S. healthcare or Canadian healthcare? I know you didn't practice and own a yeah, practice in the U.S., but from what you, you gained, I mean, you kind of know. So. I mean, you guys, I think you guys, you guys just, you know, you have your big microphones and stuff. You guys can afford this stuff. Like I can barely afford these little you know, <laughs> yeah. Apple headphones. That's I think I think it really um, it doesn't matter where you practice. It's it's how you I think practice and utilize what you have available to you. So you can be I think in Alberta or Canada it's probably easier to practice and and be successful as a optometrist. But in the U.S., you can probably do very very well and be more successful because you can build more and do more medical and. I know we, we talked about, you know, scleral contacts. If a patient comes in who has keratoconus and I want to put them in sclerals, they're having to pay for that out of pocket. There's no extra like government health care to cover that cost. Yeah. What about so, which, if you were an ophthalmologist? Is there any? I don't know actually on that one, Jimmy. I, I don't know if any ophthalmologists that actually do fit sclerals. Yeah. yeah. And, That'd be interesting. And, um, there's not any that I know of in Alberta or very like maybe one practice where there's an ophthalmologist and optometrist working like together, together. like there's not a dispensing practice anywhere where there's uh, like an ophthalmologist and optometrist working together. Some optometrists will work for, you know, your laser vision centers and whatnot, but right, right. there's not a lot of that, you know, I know Roy, like you're in a, you know, a multidisciplinary practice there, but there's not much of that in Interesting. In Alberta or Canada, for from what I know. Hmm. Interesting. Well, but yeah, it is. It is interesting. Tell me, just as a tip for our listeners, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. we have a lot of students or mm-hmm. even young doctors that are listening. And what tips could you give them for coming to Canada, coming back to Canada to practice? Coming back to Canada, yeah. Like if you're in school right now and you want to, yeah. Come back. Or maybe Americans I, that are looking to come to Canada yeah. to practice. Any tips that you stay would have? away? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. You Americans and stay away. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I think the the biggest thing I think and and this could apply to anybody, but I think don't um, ever like turn down opportunity or like you know take an opportunity to go talk to someone who maybe you know an optician or whomever it is. You know, stop in. If you're back home and stop in at the local optometry clinic and, you know, always, I think, try to build those connections because as you guys know, it's not really what you know, it's, it's who you know. And, and that applies in, I mean, everything, and especially optometry because we are a pretty close knit group because even in Canada or the U.S. where we're all pretty connected. Absolutely. So I think that's the biggest thing is, is building those connections early. Yeah. And um, yeah, I also think too, take in, don't be afraid to take a risk too if you're you're young and you have nothing to lose. I mean, if you're going to do it, jump in. Both feet in first. Both feet, yeah. <laughs> Love Thank it. you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mark. Well, that's it. Before we go, reach out to us for feedback, questions, stories, things you want to talk about, either on our Instagram, Facebook, or call or text us, 920-350-8622. We can't depart without saying thanks to Valley Contacts for their support, both for their amazing lenses they make and the great people they are to work with. And be sure to tune in and listen to our next episode. But until then, try not to blink.